Welcome to the Stony Brook Crossroads Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Doyle DeGraw. For more information about this podcast, our community, and other resources, please visit CrossroadsChurchSB.com. Attitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit, uh, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek. Uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. We talked about last week as being the pivot coming out of what's rooted in our hearts. And the next part of that beatitude says they will be satisfied or they will be filled. And the word satisfied or filled means filled to overflowing. So what are we overflowing with? And what we're overflowing with is what comes next, which is mercy and peace and purity of heart and those kinds of things. And so certainly this beatitude, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy, certainly applies to what we faced this last week and what we're all facing all the time in situations, whether it's someone we need to show mercy to at work or at school or someone we need to show mercy to in churches, in our church or whatever. So I was thinking about, and I kind of borrowed these from Brian McMillan, um, you know, the different ways we use mercy. Like when, when I was a kid, we, I would wrestle with my brother, and we would wrestle and wrestle until we couldn't, until one or the other was in trouble. And what would you declare if you were in trouble? Mercy. And uh, then I remember when my kids were playing baseball. What happens if the other team has way, many, way more runs than the uh, opposing team? What kind of rule do we have in order to make it fair for everybody? We have a mercy rule. And then the other thing is my dad. Uh, my dad has this habit whenever I'm telling him about something going on, like if I haven't told him yet, but I, when I call him and let him know about the classless meeting and how it went, his response will be mercy. Sometimes it's mercy me, but it's mercy. Uh, mercy is the name of a lot of hospitals, right? And then I told Kathy about this one, but I know we got enough old people in this church that understand you remember the Ray Orbison song, Pretty Woman? You remember what he says after he sings, Pretty Woman, walking down, mercy. <laughs> you know, you... Anybody remember that? Nobody, oh yeah, you do, see? I'm all right. So, um, so let me just highlight some things here. Because we know what we're looking at is, it's like walking through an art studio or walking through a museum and seeing all these examples of what our life should look like. It's not what we're trying to achieve too, in terms of earn, but it's just an example of what we, this is, if we're a believer, this is what we should look like. We should be displaying mercy. And there's actually three different words for mercy in the New Testament. And I want to mention the three. The first one speaks of mercy like pity or compassion. For someone who is suffering. So like 2 Corinthians 1.3 says, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. And compassion in that verse means bringing comfort to someone. So like when someone loses a loved one, like a mom or, or, or a, a friend or someone, uh, if we have a loss of some kind, we show compassion to that person to let them know that we're thinking of them and we're praying for them. The second word is to have deep inner feelings of affection. It literally has the idea that it comes from the gut. I mean, it makes you feel sick to your stomach, almost literally. 
And it's, this, it's the word that was used when it says Jesus had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So his, his compassion was... And, and I, I have to say that I had, I had a sense of that except for when I was upset and mad uh, and angry. There was times Tuesday night where I had a sense of sickness to my stomach. Leighton, you know what I mean? Leighton was there. And it almost makes you sick to your stomach. Uh, and if you, if you allow the Lord to work through you, you realize this is wrong. And it's so sad what's happening. Um, and so that's another use of the word mercy. But the third word, and it's the one that's used here, is stronger than the other ones. The other two, it, it not only speaks of feelings like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that, but, but then it adds to it, what can I do for you? How can I extend mercy to you in a practical sort of way? And uh, I'll have Amy put this up on the screen. We won't look at the whole story because you're familiar with the story of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10. And uh, this lawyer stands up and puts Jesus to the test saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said, what's written in the law? How do you read it? And he said, well, I should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, your mind, and your strength. And your neighbor is yourself. And he said, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Uh, but then he said, well, who's my neighbor? And you know the rest of the story. There's a man that is going from Jerusalem to Jericho. He's beaten up by robbers and left alongside the road. And so there's a priest that comes by and totally ignores him. Then there's a Levite that comes by and totally ignores him. And there is a Samaritan that comes by who in those times was the most hated and would be the least likely to stop by and be, uh, be interested in helping out. And it says, He came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion which is the word that's used in 2 Corinthians 1. And he went to him and he bound up his wounds, pouring oil, on, pouring oil and wine on the wounds, and then he set him on his own animal and brought him to a, a, a Hilton and paid for him to get in and gave him some money for dinner. And then Jesus asked the question, verse 36, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And he said... The one who showed him mercy. He had mercy in his heart and he had mercy in his hands. That's the word that Jesus is describing when he said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. It ends up returning to us. Mercy is what we choose to do when we choose not to repay evil for evil but we choose to overcome evil with good. It's the same word that's used in Titus chapter 3, verses 4-8, through 8, and we won't have time to look at this as I kind of abbreviate this message. It says, But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in our righteousness, but according to His own mercy. And I think we would all agree that we not, we not only feel the mercy of God, we experience the mercy of God. We see His hands working in our life. And thank God that we've all enjoyed the mercy of God. Amen? Hello? Yep. 
Yeah, are we happy about His mercy in our lives? And so the Lord, the God of the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding to steadfast love. How grateful I am that He is, he is slow to anger. Because sometimes I'm slow to get it. And He's merciful in that season of time. Ephesians says He's rich in mercy. Um, Psalm 23, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Paul says in 1 Timothy 1, I am a person that has received mercy. All of us, as we know as believers, we've all received His mercy. And it says, the description of Jesus in Hebrews 2 is that He had to be made like His brothers in every respect so that He might become a merciful and faithful high priest. He became like us so He knows how hard it is to live on this planet at times. He knows we need mercy. You know, whether it's seeing us in the school, seeing us in the restaurant, and we're going, oh man, I need mercy. Jesus says, I know. I know what you're going through because I went through it for you. So I understand why it's important for me to be with you in the midst of this. So think about these opportunities that might describe ways that you might be able to show mercy in your lives in the coming days and the coming weeks. The first opportunity is mercy displayed by getting down on your hands and knees and doing something to restore dignity to someone whose life is broken by sin. Showing mercy and actually visually displaying that mercy to someone that doesn't deserve it. So I want you to think with me just a moment. Maybe it's somebody in your family. You know, we're coming up to the holidays, and I guess depending on what state you live in will we'll define how many family members get to come to your house for the holidays. But maybe there's a family member that over the years has done things and does not deserve one iota of mercy. And maybe this is a year the Lord would speak to you to give them the opportunity to have a dose of His mercy and to respond. A second opportunity is showing mercy when you encounter a fellow Christian who is struggling in his, his or her walk. Have mercy on those who doubt. Let me ask you a question. How many of you know somebody that's a friend or an acquaintance that identified as a believer at one time in their life and now have walked away from the Lord or lost their faith or what identify as an agnostic or even an atheist? Anybody have anybody in your life like that? They need mercy. They need someone that can come alongside who is not, um, who's not afraid to talk to them, even though they may be antagonistic and refuse to talk. They need someone that displays the mercy that Jesus is talking about. The third opportunity for showing mercy is when someone falls in a way that might bring them shame and embarrassment. Remember this verse? Love covers what a multitude of sins as paul writes or peter writes in first peter 4 8 interesting peter's the one that says it because who of all the apostles needed mercy and if it isn't for the love of jesus that covered his betrayal and his sins we would have never had 
the experience of a, the Apostle Peter leading our way as the Holy Spirit fell in the church, on the church. A merciful person will look for a way to spare the blushes or the embarrassment of one who failed. Actually, this opportunity means the way we display mercy is we, we resist the temptation when someone we know has failed to get on the phone and give a quote-unquote prayer request and say, hey, did you hear about so-and-so and what happened to them? Instead, we're the person that when we hear about someone failing and then we hear another person gossiping about it, we stop them in their tracks and say, they don't need gossip. They need God's grace and God's mercy. Another opportunity for showing mercy is, as I just said, how we treat a juicy piece of gossip. Really, if you think about it, gossip is, as the Proverbs talked about, one side of the story. And what does the wise man always look for when it comes to hearing one side of the story? The wise man looks for what? The other side of the story. And we know, especially in this political climate we're in, and that's all I'll say about politics this morning, we know that the enemy is the father of lies. He is a technician, a master technician when it comes to gossip. Because gossip basically is one side of the story in order to divide people. And so we have an opportunity for showing mercy when we stop gossip in its tracks. Just a couple more. Another way to show mercy is to have reasonable expectations. Have you ever been impatient with other believers? No. <laughs> We're going to talk about lying next week. But how impatient we get with one another. Because we have these expectations of, man, that brother should be way further along by now. Well, let's show some mercy. And then finally, we show mercy by presenting the gospel to someone who is not yet a believer in Jesus Christ. We, we show him or her the merciful high priest that cares for them more deeply than we could ever imagine caring for them ourselves. So here's what I want us to do this morning as we get ready to prepare for communion. Because we need to look for opportunities to overflow. And so if, Amy, you'd put up Ephesians chapter 4, verses 30 through 32. It says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, which is another word for merciful, in heart, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgives you. So if you'd leave that up on the screen, Amy, what I'd like you to notice are steps or strides we can take towards the Lord's table this morning that will get to you to the place of mercy and the spirit of forgiveness that's represented in the heart of this beatitude and in these verses by Paul. First of all, remember this. The Holy Spirit lives in you the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed. 
And when we don't display mercy, who is the most grieved by our lack of mercy? It's the very Holy Spirit of God that lives in us, a temple of the Holy Spirit. The second thing in verse 31 is a reminder, don't dwell on injuries. Anybody here ever been hurt by another person? Raise your hand. Keep your hand up. Dwelling on the injury caused by another person is keeping our hand up. So we're ready to slap them when we have a chance. But when it comes like, for example, to Friday's meeting, I'm going to have to walk in there with my hand down and not dwell on the injury and the accusation. I was accused on Tuesday night of breaking promises. It was hurtful to hear that. But my response needs to be to not dwell on the injury, but to put it away from me and let the Lord defend me. The next thing is we don't fight and quarrel. Verse 31, let clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. What I'm so proud of Jay and Jeff about on Tuesday night as an example is um, they stood up for you, they stood up for the church, they stood up for themselves, but they didn't stand with the spirit of a debater and a quarrelsome person. The last, last couple, have compassion toward the one who has hurt you. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted. Verse 32, realize that you will need the forgiveness of others. Anybody here ever need to be forgiven by another person? Husbands, raise your hands high. We need forgiveness, and that's why we need to learn how to extend forgiveness because we never know when we're going to need it. And the last thing is this, and how better to prepare for communion with this. Verse 32, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgives you. So I want to encourage you as the worship team comes up, to bow your heads for just a moment. And just, um, I think you all have uh, the communion package. And I'd like you to hold that in your hand before we open it. And with our heads bowed and holding this in your hand, I just want you to, for a moment, to savor, to take in, to, to breathe in by the Spirit the wonderful mercy of God in Jesus Christ for you. It's why we take communion. It's a reminder once again that He shed His blood for us as an act of mercy. So we don't have to try to do this by ourselves because we would fail every time. And then He gives us His bread to say, I'd like to have a meal with my bride. I'm happy to be with you. It gives me pleasure to be with you. That's what communion is all about. So Father, in this moment, we just take a, a moment of time to soak in afresh and once again to get recentered on the mercy that You have poured out on us. We thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord, for the opportunity that we have.
to receive the Lord's table today. And we pray that you would increase our ability to show mercy to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Maybe you guys could go ahead and begin to play. Just want to encourage you to put your hands out in front of you and receive these words that I think are very appropriate in light of receiving communion, the season we're in and all. From Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 and 21. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, may He equip you with everything good for doing His will, for showing His mercy, and may He work in us what is pleasing to Him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Go in peace and the mercy of Jesus Christ.